Welcome aboard, historians, to the NCC 73117, USS Little Hero. I'm Captain William. And I'm Commander Vicky. And if you'll step right this way, historians, we'll go to Holodeck 2, where we will continue our adventures of Captain Kirk and his beloved crew. Commander Vicky, will you take us to the coordinates where we belong? Onward and upward, Captain. Make it so. Adventures into Star Trek. I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And as you can tell, Vicky's voice is not doing so well, so we're mm. sorry. That did not sound good, but I'm Vicky. Well, if I had more time, I could have probably gotten my nephews to come fill in for you, but right. I didn't have enough time. But I'm Vicky. Yes, ah, you are. Ah, ah, ah. So, Vicky, would you like to tell everybody where they can find us? Yes. I will do that right now. <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Castbox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Spotify Podcast. Which was Anchor. Yay! This is how you can tell that we don't pre record these openings. Why? <laughs> you can still hear how hoarse your voice is. Do I sound like a dude? No, but Damn. but when you tried to sing it, you could tell it was hoarse. Because <laughs> I've always wanted to sound like a dude at one point, so I could beat people up. <laughs> Where can they get in contact with us, darling? And you can contact us at Vicky's Adventures in a Star Trek at gmail.com or Facebook. Vicky's Adventures in a Star Trek. Correct. So, Vicky, we're going to do two episodes today. We're going to do Season 1, Episode 7, The Infinite Vulcan, and Season 1, Episode 8, The Magic of Megas 2. So, Vicky, for Season 1, Episode 7, The Infinite Vulcan, what did you think was going to happen in this one? Spock goes back to Vulcan to see his father! It, it would be fun to have that idea, but no. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, that was not what is this in this episode. It says here, A mad scientist and a race of intelligent plant life seek to impose peace on the galaxy by force. Uh-oh. Are you ready for this one? Onward and upward, Captain.
Secondary. I, I skipped far too far forward. I don't know how I did it, but I, I sure as hell did it. Captain's log, star date 5554.4. The Enterprise has been ordered to survey a new planet recently discovered at the periphery of the galaxy. Life readings are confused, sir. I can't decipher them. There is something else, Captain. I'm getting a reading of some kind of power from that building. See this yourself, sir. Hello, plant. What is that thing? It's a mobile plant. When it stops, its roots bore back into the ground. They're all over the place. I think it likes me. We always encourage our officers to make friends with the natives. <laughs> the power reading now includes an electronic probe. We are being scanned. Phasers on stun. Stay alert. Mr. Sula, stay here. Must have been a thorn. Sulu, have you ever heard the saying that most mothers told their kids? Don't touch that! Exactly. <laughs> that would be the, the saying my mom would probably be telling him. I told you not to touch that! And where are they? So, they are on, Phy on Phylos. It was an inhabited planet in the Alpha Quadrant. This was the homeworld of the Phylons, a non-humanoid, warp-capable species. This was also the home of swoopers and retall plants. The planet was located in the uh, uh, I can't fucking pronounce that. Peripheral? Peripheral of the Milky Way galaxy. Sorry, my brain is just not working. I have been tired the last couple days, and I just have not gotten much rest. The probe originates in this wall, as does an incredibly powerful force shield. It appears to be an amalgam of devices designed to defend and protect the city, and this building in particular. Jim, I'm picking up a humanoid reading of incredible strength. It's as if he... Ah! He's been poisoned. Did you hear his, uh, I'm going down voice? Uh -huh. Sheila? Ah! Yep. Talk about the, the weirdest one I've ever heard. It was, it, it was good. A known toxin. Can you help him? I can't get a correlation with any known poison. Maybe the ship's medical computers. He's got about one minute to live unless I can find an answer. Maybe Dilavine. good. Takes too much time to work. If it does work, maybe a stronger shot. That won't be necessary. Who are you? I am called Agmar. I believe we can help. Are you getting a reading on them? A moment, Captain. The results are unclear. So that is Agmar. 
Now just a minute, I can't let you. Yes, that is Agmar. Agmar was a Philosian. Stupid ads. Um, they were the primary contact to the USS Enterprise visited Philos in 2269. Agmar injected Hikaru Sutu, Sulu with an antitoxin when Sulu was poisoned by the bite of the Retal plant. They were also followers of uh, God, what is his name? I know the name. Caniculus 5. Let's just, let's go, let's go with Caniculus 5. I don't want to try and pronounce his first name today. Right. Caniculus 5. Chew whatever you are, inject him with some alien dewdrop. To wait is to assure your friend's death. I must proceed. Bones, let them help. Captain, these beings are of botanical origin. Intelligent plants? So it would seem. It is an antidote, quickly absorbed. He should begin to respond momentarily. Thank you. Welcome to the planet Phylos. I'm Captain James Kirk. Mr. Spock, Dr. McCoy, Mr. Sulu. You seem to have been expecting us. Our instruments have tracked and scanned you. We did not wish to reveal ourselves immediately. We are a peaceful race, and we have a fear of aliens. What happened to him? He was bitten by the Retlaw plant. It is deadly only if unattended. Your medication worked quickly. A minor achievement. Minor? Our science doesn't have anything that works that fast. Yours must be incredible. The toxin level is decreasing fast. Body reading's up to normal. How is it you knew your antidote would work on a human? There have been humanoid aliens here before. Your method of communication? A voter or translator. Most efficient. I'm sorry, Agmar, but I don't like puzzles. Where are the rest of your people? Come, I will show you. Our people. Nerve tissue, mass density is exceptionally high. Readings indicate the beings used almost 70% of their brains. A very high ratio. Your ancestors. No, only the generation before us. Then what happened? A human came. He brought sickness and death. But he also worked to save us from his disease. There are evidences of gram-positive bacteria. It's carried by humanoids without ill effect. But Staphylococcus strains don't seem to be native to this planet. It must have been like a plague. We had no way of knowing what was happening. You were alive then? Very young. Land life, Captain. Primitive and aggressive. They will work on any setting, sir. There is a weapons deactivator in effect here. Your destructive machines will have no effect. I think it's after you, Jim. Kirk to Enterprise. Captain! Something tells me we've just been used as a diversionary tactic. Look. I'm sorry, Captain Kirk, but there was no other way. What are you talking about? Where have they taken Spock? He has been chosen to serve a greater cause. The Master has searched many years to find a specimen like Spock. 
all the worlds of the galaxy will share in the beauty of peace and harmony. So help me if you don't tell me where Spock has been taken. The master Praise to the master, the master, our savior. Savior, our master. Another plant? No, definitely human, Jim. I am Dr. Stavos Caniclius V. Welcome to Philos, Captain Kirk. Where is Spock? Stavos Caniclius V. Say the name again. Dr. Stavos Caniclius V. Correct. The essence of him is mine. Return to your ship. Here is your communicator. Go back to your ship. Not without my first officer. I am sorry, Captain. You will leave now or suffer the consequences. This is where someone like Worf or Data, who are very skilled warriors, if you will, would be effective. Correct. To Enterprise. Beam us up, Scotty. Captain's log, stardate 5554.8. We have come upon one of the most fascinating discoveries we have ever seen. Plant life of extraordinary intelligence and technology. However, they have captured Mr. Spock, apparently under the orders of a human named Caniculus. Lieutenant Uhura is trying to locate any reference to such a man in order to unravel the mystery of this giant human. Anything, Mr. Sulu? We haven't been able to pick up any human life form reading, sir. Spock and Connectlius must be somewhere our sensor scans can't penetrate. What about the Phylosians? I had to adjust for the fact that they are plant life forms. We're registering the lesser ones, like the swoopers, in abundance. No sign of Agmar and the other four. Agmar said something about a weapons deactivator. Mr. Sulu. Lock ship's phasers on that laboratory building. Use a wide area stun setting. Aye, sir. Lieutenant Uhura, are you coming with that information on Caniculus? Nothing current, Captain. I may have found something in the history banks. I'll have it in a moment. Keep trying, Lieutenant. Phasers locked on and ready, sir. Fire phasers. Fire. <laughs> no effect, Captain. Phaser stun was neutralized at a distance of 1,000 meters above the area. Which means our weapons are useless, and we have no alternative but to go back down there and try to rescue Spock without them. I'd hate to resort to clubs and knives. There may be something more effective, Mr. Sue. Kirk to engineering, Scotty. Yes, sir. How's that special equipment coming along? My engineers are working on it now, sir. You'll have it within the hour. Very well, Mr. Scott. Kirk out. I have the information now, sir. I'll put it on the main screen. Thank you, Lieutenant. Bones? One of my great-great-granddaddies way back had the finest garden in the South. Had to scramble around a little bit to find the materials, but I've got his recipe brewing now. Working from Earth history file. Stavos Caniclius, Earth scientist. Period. Eugenics wars. Plant clone perfect specimen prototype into master race. Concept considered anti-humanistic. Banned from community. Disappeared. No evidence of death. No further data. There used to be a story about a modern Diogenes wandering the galaxy looking for someone special. Someone special. A perfect specimen, perhaps. Yes, I've heard it too. It couldn't be Caniculus. He'd be over 250 years old. Not if he cloned a new copy of himself every so often to carry on the search. Remember, he said he was Caniculus 5. It seems incredible. 
that a man could take a few cells from his body and reproduce himself from them time after time. But that seems to be exactly what we're dealing with in the giant human caniculus. I hope these things work. Well, the equipment's guaranteed, but I have my doubts about the stuff inside. A strange way to handle aliens. These are strange aliens we're fighting. Scotty, as soon as we beam down, I want you to leave orbit. If they think we've gone, they won't be scanning the surface. Give us 30 minutes. I sir, but I don't like it. Neither do I, but it appears to be necessary. Energize. <laughs> No indication of a scan. I don't think they know we're here. Let's go. I'm not sure I can take too much of this. They're almost mindless, Doctor. They seem to attack primarily as a reflex action. It's clear now. I can't believe it. Incredible. Looks like they're getting ready to go on a trip. But where? To what purpose? The number of ships indicates a mass migration. Or invasion. Agmar said they were a peaceful people. Sure they are now. But what about before? You could have a point, Bones. Those ships, the city, the Philosians built a technology possibly greater than anything we animal species did. The ships look like they never got off the ground. Could be the disease Caniculus accidentally brought here swept the planet before they could do whatever they were going to do. Any indication of Caniculus or Spock? No, sir. Only the Phylosians. Well, followers can be led. Let's hope we can be as persuasive as Caniculus. Agmar, we don't want to hurt you, but we must have Spock back. I do not think that is possible. The Vulcan-human blend of wisdom, sense of order, durability and strength is the finest the Master has ever found. We are pleased Spock will carry on our work. Carry on your work? We are the last of a dying people, Captain. Once we had a great mission, then disease decimated us. We few are the frail remnant of what survived. Our spore cells have been destroyed. There will be no more of our kind. What if something happens to Spock or the Master? There will always be a Master. But come, you are worried about your friend. I will show you he is safe and in good hands. Just like that, Captain? So it would appear, Mr. Sue. All the same, keep that bag handy. The way is through here, gentlemen. We sprang from the soil, Captain. These tunnels were once part of our home. This will serve to illuminate our way. No wonder we couldn't find Spock. The walls are 600 times denser than lead, in addition to the surface force field. Did you hear something? What? I'm not sure. Not much further now, Captain. There it is again. A flapping sound. Agmar, use the belt lights. They don't operate. Akmar! Run! We've got to find some light. We can't do anything unless we can see what we're fighting. Don't stop. Try to stay together. 
Jim, up ahead. I see it. I see it. Keep going. He's dying. Something's happened to his brain. Electrical activity decreasing. It's too late, Captain Kirk. In a few minutes, your friend will be gone. But as Caniclius One lives on in each of his clones, so will Mr. Spock. Behold, gentlemen, the dawning of a new era, the salvation of a galaxy, Spock Two. Damn, he did. Get ready. Too, Jim. Wait. Listen. Maybe they're waiting for the mist to clear. Well, how about that? Great granddaddy's weed spray still works. Never mind that. We've got to get Spock out of here before Caniculus returns. Scott should have the Enterprise back by now. Kirk to Enterprise. Kirk to Enterprise. Nothing. Must be these blasted walls again. Kirk to Enterprise. It's no use, Jim. He'll be dead in a few minutes. His mind is gone. He no longer thinks. This machine has drained his mind somehow. More than just drained, it's been transferred. Relocated into the mechanism itself. I can duplicate exact physiological structure. I cannot duplicate that which is learned. Just as my predecessor transferred his knowledge to me through this apparatus, I have done that with Mr. Spock and the first of his clones. You talk about creating life with your clones. But you have to murder to do it. Come on. Out of my way, mister. That's an order. I don't think he understands. His mind is still trying to assimilate all the knowledge it's been fed. Keep trying, Lieutenant. We've got to make contact with the captain. It's no use, Mr. Scott. I can't get through. Except for environmental systems, I want the entire power load of the ship redirected into a tight beam transmission. If we can break through the shielding, we can reach the captain. Mr. Scott, you're risking a total drain of our dilithium crystals. To maintain communication, we would have to burn out all our reserves. And don't I know it, lass? But we must speak to the captain. He's coming out of it, Jim. He's becoming conscious and aware. Spark, what is the logic in letting a man die for the sake of creating his duplicate? Explain it to me, sir. Explain it to me. All power sources locked in, Mr. Scott. Then throw the switch, Lieutenant. Vulcans do not condone the meaningless death of any being. Spock's death is meaningless. If it is only to create a giant version of himself, it is not just a duplicate. He will be the beginning of a master race. He... That's our ship calling, Spock. You answer. Spock is slipping away. There isn't much time left. I'm sure we're getting through, but they're not acknowledging. Keep trying. Mr. Scott, we're near the drain point on the dilithium crystals now. Our reserves... Keep trying. 
your Spock here. Oh, thank heaven. Uh, Mr. Spock, tell the captain I've located more information about Coniclius. I had the library computer check out all known writings by Coniclius. They are obscure, but there is a recurring theme in his later essays about using his master race as a peacekeeping force throughout the galaxy. That was why Coniclius wanted a perfect specimen. I have to sign off. We've reached power drain threshold. <sighs> That's what I call close, Mr. Scott. Let's hope it was information they could use. All this has been a waste, Caniculus. There has been peace in the Federation for over 100 years. That is a lie. What about the eugenics wars? The galactic wars? What of the depredations of the Romulans, the Klingons, and the Kazinti? An army of Spock duplicates is necessary to subdue them. You're the fifth, Caniculus. What makes you so sure what you believe is truth isn't just old news? Your predecessors could have been out of touch with our advances for two centuries. The master always speaks the truth. I can understand why you think Caniculus is the master if he saved you from dying. But why do you agree with his plan of a super race? Our fleet of ships which you saw was to be launched for the same purpose the master intends. Disease struck us before we could carry out our own plan to impose peace on a galaxy that knew none. We already have peace in the Federation. It wasn't imposed. It was agreed upon. You have no need of Spark. Reverse the effects of that machine and let us take him. No, the mold must be broken. Jim, Spock's almost gone. If you have Spock's mind, you'll know the Vulcan symbol called the Idic. Infinite diversity in infinite combinations, symbolizing the elements that create truth and beauty. Could an army of Spocks impose peace and Philosian philosophy on any other beings in defiance of the Idic concept? I do not believe so. Reverse the machine, Caniculus. No. Our dream must not be allowed to die. Murderer! You've killed Spock! To persist in this behavior, Captain, is to negate the eloquence of your previous argument. May I suggest a more constructive way? My mind, to your mind, my thoughts, to your thoughts. The Vulcan mind touch. You were on touch because Buck's finger, Buck Two's finger is so huge, he can't do what he usually does. He can just boom, you get it. I am pleasantly surprised at your capacity for deductive reasoning, Captain. When you are not being bellicose, there appears to be no end to your arsenal of formidable talents. Spock. Spock, you old... And you needn't worry, Captain Kirk, about a master race. There will be no militia, no other Spocks. But what of my work? If all I have lived for is already done, if the times I feared are gone, what is to become of me? There appears to be no reason why I should continue to exist. I would suggest Dr. Caniclius remain on Phylos with my duplicate. The considered efforts of both scientists may yet achieve a rebirth of the Philosian civilization and enable them to contribute to the Federation. My thoughts exactly, Mr. Spock. So one might assume, Mr. Spock. How does that sound to you, Caniculus? To bring life is at least as important as bringing peace. I... I would be 
Honored. If I will be allowed. I'll report your work here. I think the Federation will understand. Now, by the way, Mr. Sulu, any chance of teaching me that body throw could come in handy sometime? I don't know, sir. It isn't just physical, you know. You have to be uh, inscrutable. Inscrutable? Sulu, you're the most scrutable man I know. <laughs> Okay, Vicky, so that was season one, episode seven. What did you think of that one? I liked it. <clears throat> okay. On a scale of one to ten, where do you put that one? I put that one at an eight. Okay. So, is there anything you noticed in this episode? No. Okay. So, I'm going to have to give it a seven, because it could have been way better. Right. Um, who do you think this episode hinged on? Spock. The Belogians. Scotty. Gert. Bones. Yeah. Geniculus. Okay. We also have Uhura. So, yeah. So... Now, are you ready for the next one? Season 1, Episode 8, The uh, Magics of Magus 2. Yes. Okay, so what did you think was going to happen in this episode? Uh, the crew finds a new race with very powerful magic powers. Close. At the center of the galaxy, the Enterprise discovers a race of powerful aliens. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. log start date 1254.4. For years, scientists have theorized that if our galaxy was created from a great explosion, then the center of the galaxy might still be creating new matter. The Enterprise is now on a science mission to investigate. It's an awesome thought that we may actually witness matter being created. If we do, Captain, we may also encounter forces and phenomena beyond our understanding. Galaxy Center, Captain. Lieutenant Uhura, sound yellow alert. Aye, sir. Yellow alert. All stations report yellow alert readiness, sir. Captain! The creation point. An extraordinary phenomenon, Captain. So, What's happening? they are at the creation point, or galaxy creation point, uh, was an area in the galactic core where matter 
was being created, the creation of matter at the creation point caused a phenomenon which Spock described as Mattergy Energy Whirlwinds. Okay. Um, the galactic core. The galactic core, or galactic center. Okay. Um, was a centralized region of the Milky Way galaxy. The core, which surrounded, ha, uh, been by an immunization field called the Galactic Barrier, that pink barrier we've seen a couple times. <clears throat> uh, the Galactic Center was a rel it was relevant to the starship navigation as Starfleet ships could verify the position relative to it. The heart of the galaxy itself was a at galactic coordinates zero three six dot. Two, three, one. Reverse power. Hold our position. Deflector screens on. Deflectors up. Sir, it's taking considerable power to hold position. Charting scanners on, Captain. Beginning science survey. Jim, Spock, what in the name of sanity is going on? We're here, Bones. And the theories about this place seem to be right. Captain, that thing's pulling us in. I'm up to warp six. Scanners indicated some form of matter-energy whirlwind, Captain. Warp seven, Captain. Warp eight. Take us out of here, Mr. Sulu. Still being drawn in, Captain. Warp nine. Warp ten. Emergency reverse power. This is what always gets me. Warp 10 is unachievable. Why is it not unachievable? It's also known as um, that was um, transwarp, where you're everywhere and yet nowhere at the same time. Gotcha. And you can go somewhere in the snap of your fingers. Right. Now this Enterprise was slower than the Enterprise D. At warp nine, it's not the same as warp nine and. TNG. But this ship supposedly couldn't go over warp 10, but yet it, it did it multiple times going up to as fast as warp 14 and staying together. Figure that one out. Captain, I don't know how much more emergency power we can take before we start to break up. There may be only one choice. We must hope this whirlwind is like its atmospheric counterparts. If there is calm at its center. Agreed. We'll try to make for the eye of the storm. scientifically fascinating. At least I have the good sense to be scared, Jim. What now? We'll ride her through, Bones. What else can we do? Ride her through where? Through the center of things, Doctor. Through what may be the center of everything.
I'm afraid our navigational coordinates mean very little here, Lieutenant. My readings indicate we are not in time and space as we understand it. Doctor, these readings may interest you. Captain, the subspace radio. It's dead. Even the ship's chronometers have stopped. Captain, there's no reason for it, but the engines are fading out. Apparently, the natural laws of our universe don't operate here, Captain. Ship's life, support systems, fading. <coughs> Jim, we need oxygen. Helmsman, emergency battery power. There's none, Captain. All systems are dead. Jim, we've got to do something. you do anything right? Please. Of course, friend, of course. Everything is working, my friend. It cannot. It is not logical. Logic? Whose logic, my elfin friend? Look around you, Spock. Everything is working. Welcome! I knew eventually humans would come searching for me. Who are you? Call me Lucien. Call me friend. Lucien. Never could I abandon those who come to rollick with me. But not up here. No, no. Let us leave this vessel and go where true delights lie. <laughs> I love how whenever somebody zaps somebody off the ship, it's usually the captain, the first officer, the science officer, the doctor, the main characters. Right. It's nobody else. It's the main characters usually. Right. Nothing wrong, Jim, but a face full of dust. But if I had a medical tricorder... Jim, look at yourself. Lucian, do something. Very well, Captain. I've forgotten how much bodily integrity means to you, human. This isn't easy, you know. Holding us together like this, it's not even natural. Being in one piece is very natural where we come from. I find this all quite absorbing, Doctor. Probably because you're not very natural to begin with, Spock. Look, Lucian, or whatever you want to call yourself, I want to know why you brought us here. Children will play. Is this better, my friends? I've translated my world into symbols your minds can understand. Welcome, my friends, to Magus II. And just exactly what is Magus II? A world, Captain James Kirk, that operates by rules quite different from those in your universe. 
Our universe operates by what you superstitiously call magic. I know this is just my imagination, but... It is real, Doctor. Beautiful? No. But all our women are as young and beautiful as they want to be. So as to ensnare the man of her dreams, she needs an edge. A love filter? Never settle for anything less. Do you need a room, a stable, a castle? Stop in at your friendly sorcerer contractor. Let him do the work. Of course. Our Federation scientists were more correct than they realized. In order to function, the galactic creation point must extend through space, time, into another dimension where the logic of things is totally different. It took magic to get your vessel working again. Magic you, my friends, don't know how to work. But then you never did know, did you? Lucian, you keep calling us friends, implying that you know us. How? Ah, oh, Captain, Captain, to feign such ignorance to me. Very well. Look. <laughs> Magus too may seem to you a chaotic world, but its people are calm, peaceful, contemplative, each a specialist in his own kind of magic. There are no rivals anywhere in our universe, Captain Kirk. No other life forms at all. Millennia ago, in our search for companionship, we Magans passed through the point between dimensions, and eventually we found ourselves on your world, Earth. Wherever we went, we became advisors to mankind. To help your ancestors, we drew on the power left behind in our own universe and made it work in your world. But eventually, we had to leave. I didn't want to, my friends. Oh, how I fought. I was the generalist amid all the specialists. The troublemaker, they said. But I'd always loved the people of Earth. Those were the days. But now you've come to me, and I'm so very glad. But why did you Megans leave Earth? If you enjoyed it so much, I don't understand. <laughs> captain, good Captain, always so curious. That must be why I've always liked you Earthlings so much. No! You must go! What is it? What's wrong? You must return to your vessel! Quickly! Do not give your presence away! Captain! Captain Kirk, what? Everyone on board is all right? Fine, Captain, but you? Mr. Scott, I'm bewildered, that's all. But that's enough. What did he mean, we're not to give ourselves away? Can't they detect the ship up here? No, unless they have scanners. See, there, it's like a cloud of some kind. It's been between us and the planet since you vanished. If Lucian put it there... If Lucian put it there, Captain, the questions become, why is he hiding us? And what is our danger if discovered by the rest of his people? Weapon status, Mr. Scott. We may have to protect ourselves. No way, Captain. Everything's out but life support systems, and I can't figure out how they're on. I believe this is how the ancients used to draw their mystic symbols, Captain. Spock, do you honestly believe that as long as we're in this universe, 
we can work magic too. One uses the resources at hand, Captain. Watch now. I will attempt to move a Vulcan chess piece magically. May the energy of this universe be the power in me. Get it, Spock. It won't work. It must work, Doctor. It is logical. Here. Power of this universe, enter my being. I know I can. I believe I can. supplemental in this incredible universe it appears to be a part of the natural laws that belief is as potent a force as energy and matter are in our own good luck what are you doing learning to protect ourselves lucian Protect yourselves? Is that all human beings ever think about? I'll take care of you. That's what friends are for. All this mental energy you're using, it can be traced. You'll be found. Have been found. So the people of Earth would spread their evil to our home. We are ready for human perfidy this time. This time. It is the humans who shall suffer. The humans and you, Lucian, who shall pay. Approximately 1691, Captain. Salem, Massachusetts, if I recall your historical records correctly. We are gathered here today, good citizens, to see justice done. You are the judges. These are the defendants. As representatives of the vilest species in all the universe, treacherous humanity, and those who would aid them as a specialist in the ethics of magic, I have been appointed prosecutor here. Wait, if this is a trial, we have the right to know what you think we've done. Has this one not told you how we visited your Earth? Or what was done to us there? Lucian has said only that you came as wise men, helpful wizards. Then hear this. Know that once upon your world, I was known as Asmodeus. He who sees all, gaze upon my... Osmodius. 
known to humanity as the one who sees all, was a Megan scientist who lived on Megas II and specialized in ethics of magic. Okay. Countenance, so that you too may see. We came to your world as friends, but wherever we went, the story was invariably the same. Some humans would attempt to use us to gain power, to serve their own greed and lust. When we refused to serve them, they turned against us and taught other humans to fear us, to hate. They called us devils, warlocks, evil sorcerers. Those of us who survived came to the town of Salem in Massachusetts as settlers and tried to live like other men. But you made mistakes, used your powers, and burned for it. Burned! As witches, we massed together outside the town, immersed ourselves in Megan lore, revived ourselves enough to unite our minds and reach into our own universe, tap enough of its power to return from your hellish earth to Megas too. And loneliness and fear. Should we not fear the earthlings? Should we not fear the cruelty of outsiders? Never again have we explored. Never again has companionship been sought. Yet, here you are. And if one Earth ship can find us, friend Kirk, then so can others. That's what they fear. We do not want to hurt you. We have never had to hurt anyone before. If there were some reason not to, who will speak in defense of the Earth humans? I will, Asmodeus. I am not of Earth. Yes, you are different. The court will hear a defense. I call Lucian as my first witness. Lucian, you alone, of all those here, do not seem to fear or hate humans. Why? They are like me, with questions to be answered, with minds that range outward, boundless. But every Megan is always alone in his sphere of knowledge. Humans are always together. They share. That is why I adopted your ship when I saw it arrive. Thank you, Lucian. Next witness, please. Captain James T. Kirk. Tell the court, please, Captain Kirk. Would you say that since Salem, humans have changed? I think we've been trying to spark. Humans have their faults, greed, envy, panicky fear. But in the centuries since the Salem witch trials, we have learned. We try to understand and respect all life forms. Indeed, Captain. Could you elaborate? The records of the Enterprise are open for your inspection. All the history of Earth and the Federation is at your disposal. Look, look at General Order Number One. No starship may interfere with the normal development of any alien life or society. Compare that with the Earth you once knew. Enough! Here is your history. Here are your records. Citizens, you have heard, you have read. How do you vote? A 
According to your records, your entry here was an accident unlikely to be duplicated. With that in mind, plus all you have said, it seems to us that Megas too is safe. But Lucian must be punished. For his betrayal of his people, he shall be confined in limbo for all eternity to live with only himself. No. To isolate someone like Lucian, that's the same as sentencing him to death. Do you realize who you defend? He has told you his name is Lucian. Would you defend him still if you knew he had another name too? The Rollicker, the Tempter, Lucifer! We're not interested in legend. He's a living being, an intelligent life form. That's all we have to know about him. We will not join in harming him. Submit, Captain. You haven't the power to fight us. Captain, use the magic you know. Believe. <laughs> So technically it is a fight except for Kirk is just basically defending himself after he struck first. Right. You cannot beat an entire planet, Captain Kirk. There is no way you can win. I have to. Or you'll become as bad as the Earthmen you fear. You're acting out of terror instead of out of thought. Or respect. You were prepared to die for Lucian? A being who is alien to you? As I was sure you would, friend Kirk. I told them their fears were groundless. I don't understand. This last was a test of your intentions, Captain. We had to be certain your records were no ruse. We have been tricked before, much to our pain and sorrow. I see. The Megans had to have proof that mankind had grown and learned wisdom since they last saw Earth. Your compassion was that proof, Captain. If your people should visit us now, we shall do our best to welcome them. The banishment of fear will help us all. A favorite old Earth custom of mine, Asmodeus. A toast to a new friendship. <laughs> <laughs> All systems go, Captain. We're back to normal. No more magic for us, Jim. It's all back there. You think Lucian really was the demon some men call Lucifer? Does it really matter, Bones? It just might, Captain. If he was, this would be the second time Lucifer was cast out. And thanks to you, the first time he was saved. Yeah, I was about to get a point there at the end. Correct. So, Vicky, that was Season 1, Episode 8. The Magics of Maze... Maze... Uh, <clears throat> Megas 2. So, what did you think of this one? I liked it. Okay. Where do you give this one on a scale of 1 to 10? I gave it a 9. Okay. 
Why'd you go with you on that one? Because I had a magic fight in there. <laughs> it wasn't so much a magic fight as it was Kirk shot first and then just had to defend himself. Right. So, who do you think this episode hinged on? Lucian. Kirk. Spock. Dr. McCoy. Sulu. Uh. I can't think of one name. Uhura. Yeah. Well, Osmodius. Okay. As well. Because they were testing the Enterprise crew. Right. So, anything else? Anything you noticed? No. Okay. Well, I guess until next time, I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And we'll catch you in the next mission. Bye!